Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. Hey, y'all. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory, and I'm doing a solo episode where I'm working to change culture and bring back traditional values. Okay, so today, like I said, is a solo episode. Victoria is not here today, um, but that's okay. So I'm just going to get right into the episode. Today, we are actually, well, we <laughs> I guess we because we're in this together, um, but I am going to be talking about... Um, Black female conservatives. It is Black History Month, and um, there are a lot of elevate Black voices, listen to Black females. Funny story really quick, at the Women's March that I went to in October uh, with Students for Life, had on my pro-life gear, um, had my pro-life mask and everything, and it was pretty obvious I was pro-life, and it was this uh, older white lady that had a sign that said listen to black women so I'm like oh okay cool maybe I can talk with her um walk up to talk to her and she like flips the sign over and then my friend is like your sign said listen to black women like she's trying to talk to you and then he goes I'm not playing your games and I was like but the sign says you were going to listen to me are you not listening to me just because I don't agree with you and then she like got all huffy and like scrunched up her face and got on that it was very dramatic um my friend has it on video um but anyway all that to say um we see a lot of that during this month but we don't see a lot of female conserve black female conservatives when I was doing research for this episode there wasn't even like a list really, that I found when I Googled. So (laughs) I'm going to try to maybe do a blog post if I can this month to go ahead and do that. Um, You couldn't really find, like, I mean, I found a kind of sort of list, but not really. You know how, I mean, there's uh, black businesses. If you search black businesses in LA or something like that, there'd be a list, description about the business and blah, blah, blah. There's nothing like that for black female conservatives. So um, that's just interesting. And I'll try to see if I'll just go ahead and do that. Um, or honestly, by the end of the month, maybe future female leaders, um, shout out to them. They might have someone who's written a blog post about that. Cause that's also something that they do. Um, point being, I'm here to highlight them. I'm here to talk about them. Um, and yeah, so let's get into it. So we all know Candace Owens, and I'm actually saving her for last because everybody already knows about Candace Owens. She's probably the most popular, more famous one. Maybe not popular, <laughs> but the most famous one. Um, so I'm just going to, and the second most famous one um, is my personal uh, favorite conservative, just in general. Um I just I love her class and poise is Condoleezza Rice um she was the first woman and the first African-American to serve as the provost of Stanford University but she was 
first appointed the National Security Advisor by President W. Bush. She was the first African-American woman and woman in general to hold this position. And she became the first black woman to serve as the U.S. Secretary of State. Um, so these are just like some great things. Um, yeah, I just, I love that. I, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with having people of different race. And I think if it's someone's first, if it's the race's first time in a position, I think it's cool. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think you should be like, no, don't recognize it. Or a woman too. I, I don't think you should be like, oh my God, don't say anything about it. I don't think that's that big of a deal. What I don't like is someone being put in a position because of their race. Someone being put in a position because of their gender. I'm going to always celebrate um, first of things. I think that's cool. I mean, the reality is years ago, years ago, black women wouldn't have been able to even apply for this position. They wouldn't have had the, not apply, you're appointed, I'm sorry. They wouldn't have even been in thought of for this position so it's cool to see how far we've come because we have come really far so I think it's awesome I think it's awesome and for a while before I even um knew she was secretary of state I wanted to be secretary of state and then I saw that she was so I started doing research on it I was like oh that's this is really cool I don't necessarily want to become secretary of state anymore but I just thought that was really cool so a little bit of background on Condoleezza Rice she was born in Birmingham Alabama and she was the child of a minister and a teacher. So her parents were in the Bible. They were Christians. And they also were really big on education, which I definitely 110% can relate to. She's probably the most relatable um, conservative woman that I know. Um and she grew up surrounded by racism in the segregated South. In 1954, there was no doubt racism. And she actually experienced it. Um, when she was appointed the national... In 2001, she was appointed the national security advisor to President H.W. She uh, was elect... Or she was appointed uh, for her credentials this woman speaks russian <laughs> and i mean national security that's such a great um that's such a great language to learn for those that don't know i actually um so yeah like i said i wanted to be secretary of state my whole background is has changed a lot so my um my um bachelor's my in science, interesting enough, um, is in international relations. And um, one of the languages, so at the school, you had to take uh, a language for all four years, and then you could do another language, and then you would get a double major in modern languages. And if you were interested in, um, if you were interested and doing foreign service, which is what I was interested in, um, you would have gotten, you would have been suggested to do a foreign language. Foreign languages like Russian, Arabic, and China. Um, those are called modern languages. And those are really great 
languages, if you're in college right now and you're interested in something like that, those are really, 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 really great languages to know to be able to make yourself uh, stand out. So, long story short, um, I personally, I took Arabic. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm trying to pick that back up again. I love the language. And recently I was just thinking about my trip to Israel. I went to Israel uh, 2018 into 2019. And, um, we heard from the speaker who talked about being a Christian in Israel and about the persecution. And I don't know, I, I just been thinking about that lately. And I was like, you know what? I want to pick my Arabic back up. Um, I think that's just, I don't know why I just really picked that back up. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, this woman is amazing. Um, she also worked in the state department and she, um, worked, this was under president Carter and she was the administrator and she served with the national security council as the Soviet Eastern Europe affairs advisor. And this was to Bush. So this was during the time of the Soviet revolution dissolving and Germany kind of becoming to be reunified. Um, so yeah, she was really big on international diplomacy. Um, and she did a lot when it came to the greater middle East. Um, she worked to, bring unity but also stand up that's another thing I liked about her um to bring unity but also stand up um for uh stand up for the United States um and fun fact as well she was a democrat up until 1982 um because she disagreed with the foreign policy of President Carter, Jimmy Carter. And then um, also, too, her father was a Republican. And during the RNC of 2000, she was quoted as saying, My father joined our party because the Democrats and Jim Crow of Alabama in 1952 would not register him to vote. The Republicans did. Okay, now that's interesting. Uh, interesting, right? Right. I'm going to say that quote again. My father joined our party because the Democrats in Jim Crow, Alabama of 1952 would not register him to vote. The Republicans did. So I just find that interesting. The party that cares so much about um, the little people, black people, minorities, uh, minor <laughs> minorities, that's not even a word, minorities, um, wouldn't even register someone to vote. Interesting. Uh, maybe that's just what I'm interesting. Maybe I'll just leave it at that. Um, okay, so that's Condoleezza Rice. I think you should definitely do some more research on her. She has biographies um, that you should check out. Uh, let me look up the name of one really quick. Uh, I've read one for a class. Uh, which one did I read? I want to say I wrote, read, read. I want to say I read uh, Extraordinary People. A memoir of her family. I believe that's the one I read. But she also has a book called No Higher Honor, which I think is great. Um, 
And then she has another book called Democracy Stories from the Long Road to Freedom. And that's from 2017. So I think that would be a really good book um, if you're interested in reading more up on her. Okay, so the next person is Kay James Cole. Now, she currently is the president of the Heritage Foundation. And if you don't know what the Heritage Foundation is, they are um, a conservative think tank. I actually did a fellowship with them um, back last year, the fall semester of last year. And honestly, they do a lot of good work. They have people that do the research to bring out different um, information on different topics that are facing our country. Um, What you hear me now is rifling through. I actually have their... They come to all of the political conferences, <laughs> and I have one of their um, like packets on my on my desk. I'm recording this on my desk in my room, and I have one of their pa- packets because I really do like the things that they talk about. Um, and just a little informa- more information about heritage is, like I said, they do this research and they are compiling the information. Um, about public policy issues. So in this little packet, they have pocket constitutions, which um, I used to carry all the time in college. And I want to get back to that. Now that my um, purse is a little bit bigger, I can carry one in there. Um, But they have pocket constitutions. Um, They can have speakers come to your school. If you're listening and you're in college. um, Or even speakers come to your uh, Republicans group. Which I hope everyone that is older than 21 is a part of a Republicans group. Um, But yeah. So they. I mean. And they also have these. It's called solution pocket cards. And there's one on healthcare. There is one on um infrastructure, election integrity, legal legal immigration, nuclear threats, strategic national defense, international trade, North Korea. And these are, in these cards, I I think you can definitely order them. Um, You don't have to just uh, go to a conference, even though you should. Um, But you don't have to go to a conference just to get these cards. But on these cards, they have public conservative pu- uh, policy proposals as well as some quick facts um, about them. And I think this is really good information. These are things to have if you're having conversations with people. Um, I need to study these a little bit better. I glance at them every, every so often, but I do want to um, get to to study these a little bit better because the reality is when we're having conversations with people, we need to know our facts. We need to be able to back up what we say. And what the Heritage Foundation does is so amazing. And this woman is the president of it. So she was first on the trustee board and then she became very dedicated and she was, I believe it's elected president, a point elected president, I guess. Um, so just some of the stuff that she's done. She's dedicated to helping formulate and promote solutions to many of Amer- many of the problems Americans face. Um, and this is straight from their website, by the way. I'm just reading the information about her from the website. Um, and some of her public policy solutions are developed under her as president and are based on the principles of, listen to this, individual freedom, limited government, 
free enterprise, traditional American values, and a strong national defense. Okay, heritage, like this, I cannot brag enough about this organization. They are fantastic. Um, okay, next one. Next thing about her. So um, she does a lot of outreach. And also too, I really like this. She likes sharing the message with young people, minorities, and women who don't necessarily consider themselves conservative, but have conservative principles in their lives. And that is a way I would like for this podcast to go to for us to reach those people. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to do it. I'll just keep following Kay and see take some advice and some lessons that she's learned from her. But I do think that's really important. There are a lot of people, young people, minorities, and women who don't consider themselves conservative, but they do have conservative values. When you ask them questions about limited government, free enterprise, traditional American values, especially minorities, um, traditional American values, they align with us. They align with conservative values. Um, but they don't necessarily want to call themselves conservatives. And I think one thing we do need to do as a party, those of us who are interested in helping um, people and all that stuff to grow, is we do need to figure out why they would not consider themselves conservatives, even though if you read all their information, if you ask them questions, their answers are typically conservative. So we should figure out why they do not want to consider themselves conservative. But that's just a whole other conversation. Um, okay, so here's a little bit more about her. Um, let's see here. So under her leadership, three years in a row, Heritage was named the number one think tank in the world for their impact on public policy. Oh, another thing that Heritage does. So, um, like I said, they do the research and um, sometimes politicians will come to, when they're gathering research, they will get their information that is done by people at Heritage and they would use that as a reference. Um, and I think that's really cool. That's, yeah, I just, I think that's really cool. Um, and she has had lifelong grassroots activists and she has unapolog unapologetically fought for conservative American values at the local, state, and national level. Um, and I want to read this part straight from the website because I think this is really important. Um, so it says she is a devout Christian. Her experience growing up in poverty with a woman, with a woman, with a mother on welfare and an alcoholic father played a profound role in fundamentally shaping her views of the importance of family and religion, the value of education, the need for welfare reform, and the repeated failure of well-intentioned government programs, especially in America's urban communities. And this is a quote from her. She has often said, I didn't become conservative despite my roots. I became conservative because of them. And I just love that. I think this is a really good example of um, America, I guess, um, that she grew up in poverty and now she's the president of Heritage Foundation. But also, too, she began to understand the importance of family and religion, education, the uh, how 
welfare programs are not, they're not always for the benefit of the person it's supposedly benefiting. Okay, I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, and, and she noticed that. And then because of that, she became a conservative. And I, I love that. I think that's, that's great. <laughs> that's, I think once more people understand not what we're facing, cause I, I guess what we're facing, when more people understand like the truth about things, they will come to under to that same conclusion. Um, so she has spent much of her adult life fighting for policies that promote family and education instead of more government as remedies to poverty. And I totally relate to that. I agree with that 110% from the many things that I've seen in my life. Um, I did not grow up in poverty, but my um, mom works with people who are going through some difficult situations and just watching how the church does so much more and about how families help people more and about education. And, you know, I'm not here to say every person needs to go to college no matter what. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying education, like you should be educated. It doesn't necessarily mean a full on college degree, but it means doing research, taking a class, on X, Y, and Z on different topics, being well-rounded in education too, not just getting your information from conservative sources, which I think you should, but I do think you should, we should hear what the other side is saying. I think like I mentioned last time about sometimes I watch a few atheists on YouTube. I think it's important to hear what the other side is saying because that helps you learn, <clears throat> oh, sorry y'all, it helps you learn new information, helps you learn new facts. It, um, I think it's beneficial. Anywho, um, so yeah, and last thing about her, which I think is so crazy, I would love to meet this woman, um, she was the dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University, and funny story, Regent is where I'm finishing up my master's, but I'm getting it in law. (laughs) Also funny story, you would think that I would have done government, don't know why I didn't, um, shoulda, coulda, woulda not going back. Once I'm done, I'm done. So there's that. I just think that's kind of funny that she was the dean at Regent Government School. Um, okay. So next person is someone I feel like I don't really hear too much about. Um, and part of the reason is she did lose her last election. Um, but, but, She's still an important person. She is still an important Black conservative woman. Her name is Mia Love. Um, She was the first African-American Black woman elected as a Republican in the U.S. Congress. Uh, Oh, sorry. That was weird. (laughs) Um, she was the first, which I think is cool. Like I said, I always think the first are cool. I don't necessarily think it's like a, don't talk about it. I don't think that way of it. That's cool. Um, and she represents, represented Utah, which I think is cool. Um, and like a funny story about her background. Uh, she's married 
she's um part of the LDS church, which I was listening to a podcast and they don't like to be called Mormons anymore. They want to be called LDS. Um, and she's part of the LDS church. And I just think it's funny because like, that's such a stereotype that <laughs> they live in Utah. Anywho, um, she actually, like I said, she was the first, oh, she was the first black person elected to Congress from Utah. And then she was the first black woman elected as a Republican, just in general. First black woman elected as a Republican. Oh, I might've said the first black Republican, I might, black woman. Um, she actually lost her race in 2018 to a Democrat and she lost by 694 votes. I'm going to pause this um, this episode for a PSA. Your vote in local elections matters. Absolutely, 110%. Do not let anyone tell you differently. Your vote in local elections and state elections matter. Mia lost by 694 votes. Out of 270,000. Okay. That is a very small number. Let me tell you something that happened in North Carolina. Paul Newby, a conservative judge, was elected by 412 votes. One of those votes was mine. I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to vote in your local elections. I cannot stress enough how your vote matters. Once again, I'm talking about state and local elections. I want everyone listening to understand that your vote matters. Paul Newby won by 412 votes. That is such a minute number. It is almost scary. 412 votes. There was a recount. And it was 412 votes. So, everyone, your vote matters. Okay, now back to the regularly scheduled programming. Okay, um, so one of the things how I found out about her was she actually did a speech at the March for Life in 2017. Um, my first March for Life was 2018, but um, she was at the March for Life 2018 and she did a speech at the uh, Supreme Court. And I remember walking past her and my friend was like, oh, there's Mia Love. And I was like, oh, who's that? And um, she's like, oh, she's this blah, blah, blah person. I was like, okay, well, let me look her up. And I just found it so she... It's amazing. Uh, I hate that she lost. I really do. Um, I mean, it is what it is. She lost to a Democrat. Um, I hate how the article I was reading said defeated. I feel like 694 isn't necessarily a defeat. I feel like a defeat would be like, you know, 150,000 out of 270,000. But anyway, she lost. I hate that, but she really uh, did a lot. She was known for opposing abortion. Um, and like I said, she did a speech at the March for Life. And in that, she talked about how her parents considered aborting her, but decided not to, which I think is another great story. I love to hear stories like that about people 
who um and her parents were immigrants um from Haiti and I love to hear stories about people who would be the stereotype perfect example for someone who would be aborted and their parents choose not to and about how about it's just it just shows how people are each individual person is important how god values all of us um and even if you don't do anything even if someone doesn't do anything great like mia um the things that she did and while she was in office that doesn't make them any less valuable i'm just saying that i just love hearing those type of stories so some of the things she campaigned against in 2012 she uh proposed dramatically reducing food entitlement and that would be stuff like free school lunches and food assistance to pregnant mothers and the poor which you know when i first read that i was like okay all right i do think that um you know we should reduce those type of programs but the wording of this is a little harsh because I mean, and this is where another like side note, this is, I think, where we sometimes lose people is things like this. But here's the thing. She says the best way to help poor and hungry is to help them get work rather than keeping them dependent on the government. We can help them achieve their full potential. And that right there, I think, is what should have been highlighted. But in this article, of course, they're going to say... She wants to get rid of lunches for children and pregnant mothers and the poor. And that's not necessarily what she said. What she said is she thinks it's best to allocate funds to help them find work, to help them be able to to empower them, really. Um, and that, I agree with that. I agree that it is best to get people, to help pe- empower people to work, to um, give people the tools. Because the reality is, not everyone, I know, I'll use myself for example, I am blessed. I'm very blessed with my upbringing. But not everybody had, so I've been, for example, no, sorry, another example. I've been making a resume since I was like in the seventh grade. Like that's just different programs my mom had me in, the school I went to, this, like I've been making resumes for years. Um, but I had to help, last year I helped a kid who, I want to say he was like a, maybe a, rising senior in high school who had never made a resume before and tiny things like that there's still people and it's not I mean he's in high school it's not necessarily his fault it's his upbringing it's things that have gone on in his life that he just something as small and minute as that he just had never done that before um he didn't know how to do that so all that to say um, once we help people, there are pockets of areas where people just don't know and they don't have the resources and they don't, um, yeah. So it's, we can help that. We can help these people. Um, so I agree with that. She also proposed a blueprint that will cut federal spending by $750 billion. $750 50 billion dollars in this article it also talks about how she believes the federal government's power should decrease a man sister all that money that is being allocated to things that we do not need to very 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 stupid research um 
Poplitics did a post about that a couple weeks or a couple weeks, a couple days ago, a while ago. Um, could be in our pockets. <laughs> it could be in our pockets to help us in so many different ways. Um, so I I want to add. So she is married to her husband Jason Love, and they were LDS missionaries, and that's how they met. And I want to just say this because Candace Owens, I believe, has a similar story to this part. And a lot of, like, famous um, Republican, conservative, Christian women have similar stories. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. They were married four months after their first date. If he's the one, he's the one. If you're able to, go ahead and do it. Get married then why wait? I'm a very big fan of that. Why wait? Um, also, <laughs> I think this is pretty cool. He is a soft, he, oh, I was gonna say software engineer, but it says he does software work. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but I think that's cute. Like she, they both have very important jobs. I think it's cute. Okay, so that is Mia Love. Get some information about her. Do some research. I think she's great. Unfortunately, she did lose the last election. Um, And it says she's a commentator on CNN, which is interesting. Um, To be honest, I don't really watch CNN that much. Um, So I did not know that. And, I mean, she's still a Republican. But you know how all those news sites, New, uh, all those news places always like to have that one Republican that they are just mean to and just like yell at and everything and I'm pretty sure that's her um but you know I, I don't necessarily think that's wrong for her to be there I think they're cause because people watching CNN are not going to hear conservative ideas someone has to get it to them now would I do that? <laughs> no um but good for her I think that's good I think that's good. Okay. So the next person is Alveda King. Alveda, Alveda, oh, I hope I'm saying it right. Alveda King. And she is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, which I think is cool um, that someone from his family, I was supposed to say lineage, someone from his family um, that was and he was a civil rights activist, um, is a prominent Republican woman. And she does a lot of pro-life work. On her website, there's a see the pro-life work she's done link, and it links to civilrightsfortheunborn.org, um, which I think is really cool. She goes and she speaks at different events. Um, I know that one of the Republican... Um, clubs that I'm a part of, she's spoken at their events. And she speaks at events about being a conservative and being an a black woman. I keep wanting to say African American, but I really do want to start saying black because like, you know, it's black. It's, anyway. Um talks about being a black conservative. And she also talks about um civil rights and you know what I absolutely love. She talks about being pro life. I think that's amazing. That is what we need 
in America. We need people who are speaking up and speaking out. And the reality is like, we need people. It's great to have people who are up and coming famous and things like that. But I do, I love seeing people who are already have some sort of thing with their name. For example, her last name is King. So it, it is, it resonates with people. It's name recognition. That's what I'm trying to say. It's name recognition. Um, so I just wouldn't tell you some of the boards she sits on. She sits on the Silent No More Awareness Campaign, the Coalition of African American Pastors, and the Judeo Coalition, the <laughs> and the Judeo Christian Coalition for Constitutional Restoration. Amen, sister. I love that. She was also part of the Georgia State House. That is so cool. Um, and she did years of civil rights activism, and she still does something today. And um, this is what she says. During the years of the civil rights movement, led by her uncle, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Alveda's family home was bombed and Birmingham, Alabama, in the heat of the struggle. This is what she says. Daddy's house was bombed, and then Louisville, Kentucky, his church office was bombed. I was also jailed during the open housing movement, she recalls. Alveda has continued her long-term work as a civil rights activist, speaking out on issues that face society today. I believe school choice is a pressing civil rights issue. Perhaps the most compelling issue of all is the life of the unborn. Faith in God and the commitment to fulfill his will for our lives, not faith in government bureaucracy, is the key to positive action. Have faith in God. End quote. Um, I love that. That is a really good representation of America. I mean, she's, she grew up during actual racism. I'm not saying there's no racism now. I think that's silly to think that there's no racism now, but I'm just saying like actual institutionalized racism where, I mean, her house was bombed because of her civil rights activism. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm sure things happen, but let's be honest with ourselves, not to the extent it was happening before. Yes, I'm sure there are underground things that we don't know too much about, but I'm not going to act like it is something that is happening all the time. We have improved so much um, as a country, and I'm very proud of how far we've come. I think we can continue to grow. I think we can continue to be better, but we've come so far, and, and I really hate when people don't recognize that. I also hate, um, so the day you hear this is going to be the day after um, I attended the um, Black, the Mecklenburg Black Republicans meeting. And one thing that the president said when he was talking, he made the comment that he hates how Black History Month is always talking about our oppression um, and not talking about our excellence. And then we just went over some really cool inventions that were made by Black women 
not black women, <laughs> I'm 40 and slip, um, that are made by black people in general. I guess I said black women because I'm talking about black women now. Um, and I thought of, so fun fact, GPS was made by a black woman. That's just a side note. I think that's what I was thinking of. Anywho, he talks about that. And I agree. Like, I mean, once again, I'm not going to sit here and act like everything's peachy king all the time. There's definitely things that go on, I'm sure, um, behind the scenes or, you know, in certain pockets of the U.S. But you cannot convince me that this country is inherently racist and every white person is evil. And that's just the reason why you can't convince me that is because I know that's not true from the things that happen in my personal life. I know that's not true. Every white person is not evil. And the best way for us to come together is for us to have dialogue and conversation where we can talk openly and freely, where we don't have to worry about every five seconds saying the wrong thing, because how are we going to learn if we are so concerned about like what we're saying? And I used to say that at, I used, I started a YAL in my undergrad and we had conversations. I used to say, this is no PC here. Say whatever you want to say. This is how I always started it off. You can say whatever you want to say. Um, but say true facts and then you don't have to be mean because there's a difference. For example, this is what I always like to say, something that I think we all can work on. The fact is abortion is murder. There is no getting around that. You cannot PC that abortion is murder. What you don't have to say is when you're arguing with someone, abortion is murder and then add, and you're ugly too. Like you don't, that's not necessary. Like that, <laughs> that is something that we need to move away from. And yeah, I'll just leave that at that. So I just, I love that. And I love the faith and God aspect because I mean, this country was founded on biblical principles. You know, you can argue that a lot of the, um, not a lot, but a few of the founding fathers were deists. Sure. But the ideas and principles came from the Bible. All man created equal. That's a biblical idea. Um, so I just, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So that is Alveda King. The last but not least, we all know her, um, is Candace Owens Farmer. She's probably the most <laughs> famous black woman conservative. Um, she started off as a Democrat. For those who don't know her story, you should definitely look into it. I have not read Blackout, but I do really want to read it. Um, and But her story is like everywhere. She's been on so many different shows talking about it. Um, Dave Rubin's, I think is the first time I saw her on Dave Rubin's show. Um, and she started off as a Democrat. She actually had um, an instance where she had to call the NAACP and she talks about like how that was like a terrible, um, a terrible event, a terrible thing that happened and everything. Um, yeah. And then she was red pilled. I think she's the one who started the whole red pill thing and she left the democratic party. She has a, I guess it's a, considered a nonprofit, Blexit. Yeah, I guess Blood State is considered a nonprofit. Um, 
that stands for Blacks Exiting the Democratic Party. You don't have to be a Republican. You don't have to be, but the idea is just leave the Democratic Party. Um, she worked for Turning Point from 2017 to 2019, and that's where I met her. Um, the first ever, was it 2018? I think it was 2000. Yeah, 2018, 2019, 2018. 2018, because that was the best year of my life. Um, 2018, they had the first young black leadership conference. And that was the first time I met her. That was the first time I did anything turning point. And honestly, like, she's very controversial. And I personally don't really like her tactics all the time. That's just me. Um, But she says things that need to be said. Um. For example, her criticism of Harry, I agreed. Like, I don't think it's masculine that for a man to wear a dress, and I don't find that attractive. And I don't think that we should be trying to convince people that it is masculine. Um, now, her delivery sometimes, I'm just like, ooh, cringe. But, <laughs> I mean, she tells the truth, and it is what it is. And, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, so that's where I met her. Um, through Turning Point, and she has a podcast with PragerU, and I really like the podcast. I like, well, first of all, I like podcasts in general, but I like her podcast because she does have um, really good guests and discussions, and I do like, yeah, I just, I like her podcast. Um, and then apparently she's scheduled to have a podcast with the Daily Wire this year. That's cool. I knew she was going over to the Daily Wire, but this article is saying that it's for her podcast, her own podcast, which I think is cool because it, I don't think the Daily Wire has any men working there. I mean, <laughs> it's all men, any women working there. Um, so I think that's cool. Candace Owens is moving over. Um, and I will say this also too, a lot of the things I've seen Blackstick do, at least in North Carolina, um, they seem to be doing a lot of really good work. I haven't really been able to get involved in North Carolina because I haven't really seen any meetings or anything like that. But I follow them on Instagram and I just see that they are, they did like a turkey drop. And I think those things are important. Those things that are, are is what's helping the community. Those are the things that are going to help um, America, like our communities. Um, last thing, and then I'm going to shout out some of my black conservative friends you should be following on on Instagram and Twitter. Um, last thing, and then I am going to move on, or I'm going to close, but I think the best way to help our community is our community. I don't think that the government's involvement is going to help. I don't think that um, celebrities are going to help. I think that the best way to help the regular everyday person is our communities. I think that when we come together, we can do so much more. I think that churches are so important when it comes to community helping. The church I grew up in that my mother works for, um, they do a lot. I honestly had no idea. Not all churches did what they did. Um, And I mean, my mom is in charge of all of it. So I kind of, I mean, I've been dragged to so many things since childhood um and (laughs) yeah so 
I just, I've seen how it's community and churches that are helping people. Pregnancy resource centers. Oh my goodness, you guys, I cannot express enough that we need to be helping our pregnancy resource centers, whether it's volunteering, whether it's giving money. And I'm also talking to myself. I need to get more involved in my local pregnancy resource center. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to set up an appointment. Um, because I want to get more involved. But we need to be helping. Like that is what's going to help people, not government funds, not government X, Y, and Z. It's the community. It's us, which is why we should also be trying to work on reducing our taxes. But that's, you know, that's another conversation. I also just want to say, like, when you're having conversations with your friends, I think especially if it's someone you've known for a long time, I think you should always go into these conversations knowing this is my friend and they love me. Even if they're saying something that hurts me in the moment, it's probably not intentional. And that's what I do. I personally have not, I can admit, I personally have not experienced like tons of racism. Um, That's just not my lived experience and I'm not saying that there aren't people who haven't because I have heard stories of people who have experienced some really bad things and um, I'm not going to discredit them but I'm just saying for myself personally so when tiny things excuse me when tiny things do happen no matter how much I'm like or cringe or whatever I know that my friend someone that I love someone that I have spent time with I know my friend is not trying to be mean. I know that they might not know. Sometimes it's just ignorance. There are still pockets of this earth, of this country, where people don't run into other races. My um, ex-boyfriend was explaining to me how I was his first Black friend at 25, 24 years old because he just didn't grow, like where he was, there were no Black people to be friends with. Like, that wasn't a thing. So, like, that still happens. So, questions and comments and things are okay. Like, it's okay. We're not going to know. We're not going to be able to heal. We're not going to be able to get better. And people don't ask questions. People don't feel comfortable asking questions. I hate when people, like, hair is the biggest thing. At least for us girlies. Um, Because, I mean... We're girls. We love hair. Um, I hate when people want to ask me questions and they get all like, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm like, no, just straight up ask it. Like, it's okay. Is this... Re- Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's not. Like, it's okay to ask. That's just... That's okay. Like, and I want everyone listening to know um, if you are white, feel free to ask me any question, anything. Um it takes a lot to offend me um now I might raise my eyebrow but like it doesn't it takes a lot to offend me so please feel free to ask me questions um yeah you can follow me on Instagram and ask me you can ask um the Instagram page you can comment something if you want my whole point in saying this is My whole point in saying this is I just want, I just want everyone, I think we, I'm just trying to figure out how to say this. I think we are a beautiful country and we have come so far. I don't want us to regret 
I don't want things that happen to a group of people to start happening to another group of people. I want us all, like that whole thing, why can't we all just get along? I want us all to be able to get along, to be able to have discussions, to be able to live together without, you know, without without such hatred toward one another. And I think the best way, our first step, is to talk to each other and to realize that what happens on Twitter and Instagram is not real life. I have to always remind myself that because I'll be on Instagram and I'll go down these rabbit holes looking at X, Y, and Z. And then I'll just have to bring myself back to like, well, the reality is the people in my life (laughs) that I know are not like this. So that's, that's real life. The people you know in real life is real life, not what's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So we have to just remember that. So yeah, I think that's it. Um, I want to shout out three of my Black conservative friends that I've met through various ways, um, through politics, and I want to shout them out. Um, so you should follow them. Kalasia, um, and her Instagram is at Miss Kalazar. She's um, co-hosted before. Let me spell it out. M S dot K-A-L-A-S-I-A-R. Love her. Love you. If you're listening, love you. Um, the second one is my friend Symphony Brown. Um, I'm going to say this about Symphony. I really like a lot of the takes she has. She has a lot of hot takes. I really like them. And I think that she's a good person to listen to. She's the definition of um, a free thinker. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, Symphony, love you. Her Instagram is at Symphony Brown. So at S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y-B-R-O-W-N. Symphony Brown. And then the last but not least is my friend Hannah. Hannah and I have known each other since the first young black leadership summit sweet girl love her she does a lot with um black voices for trump which now i think about i don't know if that's still a thing now that he's no longer president but hannah sweet love her she she does work this is just a side note i i myself am working on this and i think i do a decent job of it but I also want to always hold myself accountable and I want you guys to hold me accountable. I don't ever want to just be a person who posts on Instagram and doesn't door knock, that doesn't do calls, that doesn't attend the meetings, that doesn't try to actually help the community. I don't ever want to be that person. And I'm going to tell you now, Hannah is not that person. Hannah, she does the work. I see it. I'm proud of her. Love you, girl. And her Instagram is... Hannah So Bananas, <laughs> H-A-N-N-A-H-S-O-B-A-N-A-S. So these are three girls. I have more friends. These are three that I just thought of right off the bat. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. I love you anyway. I'm so sorry. Um, But these are three that I just thought of. This 
morning when I recorded this. <laughs> okay, y'all. Anyway, thanks everybody so much for listening. I like I said, like please feel free to reach out to me, email us. Um I really do want to have a dialogue and I really do want um I think that's the best way we're going to figure out solutions. And not just to talk, but to do. If we find a solution, let's do it. Like, let's not just keep talking about it. Let's do it. So, like I said, reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. And lastly, please, please, please register for our virtual summit. Um, We will have a famous... Pro-life activist. That's black. Hint, hint. I was going to say Republican. I'm not... I She's a Republican, but I don't know if that's like her thing. So I'm just going to say pro-life activist. Um, she will be speaking. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Um, so if you're interested in that, please, please register. The only way you can get your giveaways is if you register. It's going to be March 27th, and I'm super excited. Um for you guys to see all that's going to happen and for you guys to participate. Also, too, if you really like what we're doing here, please consider a donation. Um, The link is in the description. There is also a link on our website. Um, It's not free to run a podcast, and it would be cool if you could help us spread the message. Things like this, these conversations, talking about these things, I think... I've been saying this whole episode are very important and a donation help us get to people who need to hear it. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.